Welcome to the Physics Buzz Podcast. I'm Cala Cofield. Hey, everyone. Today on the podcast, we're going to be talking to this gentleman. My name is Brian Gainsler. I'm an astronomer at the University of Sydney in Australia, and I'm also a director of the Centre for All-Sky Astrophysics. We're a team that's trying to develop new ways of looking at the whole sky at once. Dr. Gainsler is also the author of a new book called Extreme Cosmos, a guided tour of the fastest, brightest, hottest, heaviest, oldest, and most amazing aspects of our universe. It's essentially a book of world records, but not world records, but universe records. What I do is I go through the, the biggest, the smallest, the fastest, the hottest, the coldest, even the loudest things in the universe. Now, some of these things are things that you can supposedly look up on Wikipedia. Some of them are things that no one's really thought of before. But um, if you look up on Wikipedia, you actually sometimes get the wrong answer. And it also doesn't really explain how we know these numbers. So what I do is I go through each of the records of the universe and I explain in detail, but not technically, how we know these things and what it tells us about how the universe works. Today we'll hear about one of the record holders that Dr. Gainsler investigates in his book. We'll learn why astronomers actually aren't always interested in setting new universal records in their research, even if the news headlines can seem a little over-eager. So we'll get right to it. Here's my interview with Dr. Gainsler. So could you uh, give me a sample of uh, one of the world records or the universal records or one of the questions that you address in your book? So one that's one of my favorites is the fastest thing in the universe. Um, obviously, the fastest thing in the universe is the speed of light. But my record was, what's the actual fastest object, the individual object that we've actually measured the speed for? And that record goes to a subatomic particle, probably a proton. Uh, what was the date? 15th of October, 1991, at 1.34 a.m. in Utah. A proton smashed into the Earth's atmosphere that was traveling at 99.999999999999999996% of the speed of light. So that is pretty much almost as fast as you can possibly go. One way of putting that ridiculous speed is that if you had a proton, this proton or particle or whatever it was in a light ray have a race, and they raced over a million light years. Over a million light years, the light ray would win because it was traveling a little bit faster, but it would win by about an inch and a half over a million light years. So that's the fastest thing we have ever seen. And normally we don't give individual names to protons, but this particular proton has a name. It's called the Oh My God particle because no one could have imagined that any object in the universe could travel that fast. And even to this day, more than 20 years after we discovered, we still have no idea what somehow sped that proton up to that ridiculous speed. Wow. How, how was that measured, that individual proton? So um, what happens is that these, this poor old proton, somewhere, somewhere on the other side of the universe, it was given this ridiculous speed. It travels through space completely unimpeded, doing its thing for thousands, millions of years, and then when it crashes into the top of the Earth's atmosphere, um, it basically explodes into a shower of sparks. So we never actually saw the proton. What happened was uh, astronomers built special telescopes looking at the Earth's atmosphere. And when you see those sort of spark explosions, you can 
essentially recalculate, like a ballistics calculation, um, how fast the original bullet was going. And so they saw that shower of sparks and they were able to reconstruct what the original proton was doing. So there, there happened to be a, an instrument looking at the atmosphere when that proton hit. That's right. So you might say, gosh, what are the chances of that? But the, um, the, the extraordinary thing is that there's probably you know, hundreds of things that are even faster than that happening every day. I mean, you can actually work it out. So there's probably one oh-my-God particle that crashes somewhere above the Earth every 20 seconds. But unless you could build telescopes looking up at the atmosphere on every inch of the globe, you'd never know. So just finding that one in Utah tells you that that wasn't just a one-off. There's things all over the universe generating these incredible cosmic bullets all the time. And we have no idea what it is that could possibly accelerate protons up to that speed. Um, your listeners have probably heard of the Large Hadron Collider, which possibly discovered the Higgs boson earlier this year. Well, this naturally occurring Large Hadron Collider, whatever it is that's giving protons these speeds, is giving them... Uh, energies or speeds that are 50 million times more than the most energetic particles that the Large Hadron Collider produces. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, all of the, the questions that you address in the book are a lot like this. They're just really exciting in their extremes. Most, I feel like, of the pop astrophysics books that are coming out are tackling these really complex topics like dark matter and dark energy. Um, so what inspired you to write a book just about these seemingly simple questions? That's right. I barely mentioned dark matter and dark energy in the book, even though obviously as a professional astronomer, I'm very well aware of them. Um, what I wanted to achieve with this book was this frustration that people feel when I talk to them that's saying, you know, oh, I wish I could do what you do, but, you know, every time I hear the word million or billion, my head spins. And the implication they give is that somehow I understand what a million is and they don't. And I think that's, that's not right. An astronomer can't imagine what a billion or a trillion or a zillion means any more than anybody else. I can imagine the same number of things in my head as anybody else. And uh, you know, anything more than 50 marbles on a table is, is hard for me to, to comprehend. So what I wanted to get across is, yes, there are some really silly numbers involved in astronomy that have lots of zeros and nines and all the rest of them in them. But I wanted to get across that it doesn't really matter that we can't understand them. The point is, is that we can still get our head around what's going on by using physics and mathematics, even though we don't really understand what the numbers mean because our brains aren't used to counting for such large things. And that even if the numbers scare you, you can just let that fly past you and just appreciate just how amazing the universe is. So in one sense, it was supposed to dabble you with numerology, but in the other sense, I wanted the book to make the reader feel comfortable that the universe is accessible, even if the numbers intimidate you. So this this book is all about um, you know universal records, and as you mentioned earlier, these these seem like questions that should be easy to answer. Um, what's the fastest thing, the heaviest thing, this or that? But um, as you mentioned, actually trying to find the answers to these on the internet can be a challenge. Uh, why is that? Yeah. So when I when I um, pitched this idea to a publisher, um, you know they gave me some time, you know a year and a half to write the book. And I'm thinking. Oh, 
I'll be able to write this in three months. Um, and I, w- I was wrong. It took me, it took me uh, about two years to write the book because these aren't the sorts of things that astronomers care about. I mean, astronomers are interested in how things work. They're not interested in claiming a record. So some of them, like the oh my God particle, the fastest particle in, in the universe that we've, that we've ever seen, that, that's something that's actually well known in astronomy. But a lot of the others are things where people would think, who cares? So um, things like, you know, what's the loudest sound in the universe? I mean, astronomers are interested in sound. What's, what's the most electrical thing in the universe? What's the weakest gravity in the universe? These are things that are of great interest to the public, and I think they're pretty neat too. But they're not things that help you understand how the universe works. So no one has ever written a paper saying, you know, I just discovered the loudest thing in the universe. So this is information that's out there, but astronomers maybe haven't phrased it or pulled out these little nuggets of information that just maybe a kid looking up the stars might wonder? Exactly. So my, my, I have a son who's nine. He was probably about seven when, when I started writing this book. And he would ask me these questions like, you know, what's the largest star? And to a seven-year-old, that's an obvious question to ask. Surely every astronomer knows what the largest star is. And I'd say, oh, I have no idea. And that, that was an unacceptable, unacceptable answer to him. And astronomers don't tend to write papers saying, I found the largest star. So, yeah, the, the answers are there, but the astronomical literature doesn't tell you where to look. Mm-hmm. It seems like there is some focus on records, especially with, uh, say, the hunt for extrasolar planets the lightest planet or the uh, least dense planet or, or things like that. Is that is that just in that field, do you think? Or are astrophysicists starting to maybe answer these questions because they're catchy? I think there's a sociological effect there in that it's very important to one's career and one's funding that, that you get media attention. And so you have to obviously simplify your discovery. You can't just put your, your journal article out there and hope someone reads it. And sometimes there's a temptation by by the scientist or by their, their media officer to go for a bit of hyperbole. So you're right, you often see uh, headlines of the biggest, the fastest, you know, the smallest, whatever. And so now I've sort of, uh, I keep an eye on those things. So there was just a story um, earlier this week about the biggest black hole ever found. Um, and it's, it's, it's not even close. Um, you know, what they actually did find was the black hole that's the biggest percentage of the mass of its galaxy. But you can understand why a headline like that doesn't really make people read the story. But if you say biggest black hole ever found, then people will say, cool, and they'll read it. So, yeah, there is a, there is a tendency for astronomers to, to shoot for hyperbole. But in terms of the actual records, um, records in astronomy are not broken very often. Okay, so that that's interesting, actually, because it's just an ocean of objects for astronomers to find, and detection techniques are getting better and better every day. I, I have no illusions that my book is going to somehow stand the test of time. Uh, there'll perhaps be a second edition one day that, that updates the records. So, so uh, astronomy does find new amazing objects. The, the record that gets broken most often is the most distant object in the universe, and that about once a year someone finds a galaxy that's even further away than we thought you could possibly detect with telescopes. But um, a lot of the other records that the current holder is something that's so off the scale, like this oh my god particle, the fastest particle that we've ever seen, that you know it's going to take a while before we break the record. And if we do, it's probably only just like real records on Earth, like the 100 meter race, it's only going to be broken by a smidgen. So, um, so I've sort of now appointed myself as sort of an unofficial uh, 
keeper of the records, and I, I do keep an eye on the astronomical literature and uh, look for objects that look extreme in some way and keep track of any that push or even break the uh, the records that I, I found. And, and there were a couple of incidents. Um, in, in the Australian edition of the book, which came out a year before the American edition, I talked about the fastest extrasolar planet ever discovered that was whizzing around its parent star at 800,000 kilometers an hour or so. And uh, what happened in the year between the Australian edition and the American edition is firstly, people realized they had miscalculated the speed of that planet and its speed actually came down. Uh, but in the meantime, another planet was found that was maybe even faster. So I, I updated the book for the, for the US readers to, to provide the, the new record holder. Um, and so that's an area and I suspect that will continue to evolve. But some of the other record holders, dare I say it, uh, not only when someone says this, they're immediately proved wrong, but some of the other holders I think will, will stand for a long time. On a last note, who would you recommend this book for? Is it is it going to be accessible to members of the general public? So I had in mind uh, any adult who who's just has a, a even just a general interest in science. But what what surprised me in the feedback that I've been getting from the book when I, I meet people is is, is that their eight year olds and ten year olds and twelve year olds have seen the book sitting on the shelf and have picked it up and devoured it. So um, I, I wasn't writing it with children in mind, but apparently a lot of children who obviously love this idea of records have enjoyed the book too. Dr. Gainsler, thank you so much for being on the Physics Buzz podcast. Thank you so much. Um, I hope those that read the book really enjoy it and get excited about the sorts of things that I'm lucky enough to do. Once again, that was Dr. Brian Gainsler, and the book is called Extreme Cosmos, a guided tour of the fastest, brightest, hottest, heaviest, oldest, and most amazing aspects of our universe. That's all for the Physics Buzz podcast. I'm Calla Cofield. As always, you can find more podcasts, our Physics Buzz blog, resources, and so much more at physicscentral.com. Tune in next week for more Physics Buzz.